Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dallas Cowboys Training Camp Live. That's Brian Broadus. I think it's there. I think it's over there. <laughs> I'm Brad Sham, and uh, Brian is actually, as we speak, uh, making his way to where he needs to be with me tonight in Phoenix, uh, because, uh, and Phoenix is where I am having. Um, reluctantly left Oxnard, California. We are not there anymore. Uh, it's really a lot this week in Phoenix like it is in Dallas-Fort Worth in terms of the temperature and the humidity. But Brian will be joining me for the next uh, three preseason games on uh, the Cowboys radio network on Odyssey and 105.3 The Fan in Dallas-Fort Worth. And uh, this game uh, tonight against the Arizona Cardinals is the first game for the Cardinals, obviously the second game for the Cowboys. So, uh, Brian, let's talk about that aspect of it first, if you don't mind, from the standpoint of coaches who want to see their young players again tonight. Uh, their guys have played a game. And Arizona, with a wildly changed roster, let me just throw this note in. Um, you know, there's change every year. Arizona mm -hmm. has almost half their roster, 41 of their 90 players, are newly signed veterans. You know how many the Cowboys have? 11. They have 41. So and then we're going to get to their draft choices. So the, my first question for you is in evaluating what we're going to see tonight from the from the young Cowboys, do they? What kind of an edge, if anything, do they have on the Cardinals who have not played a preseason game yet? Yeah, Brad, and that's the interesting aspect about what we're going to see tonight in this game is that where the Cowboys have actually, you can even include some of the work that they did against the Rams on Saturday as getting some experience. So, you know, uh, these the, a lot of the players were talking about the young players coming out of the Pittsburgh games, uh, Pittsburgh games, excuse me, was the nerves. It was, you know, the heart rate, the, the, the uh, anxiety. And so now you, you have that feeling. You've, you know, you went all the way across the country. You played that game. You have that now in your rearview mirror. You had a practice against the, the Rams that went really, really well by, you know, us sitting down and really watching it. A lot of great work out of that. So here we are again now with another opportunity. And what happens, though, Brad, as you well know with all the years that you've covered this team as well, once you break camp, now the reality sets in like, okay, season is around the corner. We're going home now. And, and so that level, it might not be – you might not be anxious anymore about the game, but you better be anxious if you're one of those guys that really hasn't had a very good training camp or a very quiet training camp or, you know, not one of those where the coaches are talking about you when they're up on the podium and we're asking those questions. So there's anxiety in that way. And, and I think what happens, too, is you'll see some of these veteran players that know, well, hey, maybe there's a young guy behind me that's playing pretty well that they're talking about. I need to step up my game unless, uh, you know, if, if I want to st uh, still be here uh, when the final cuts uh, happen here in, in a few weeks. The uh, Cowboys have a list of 10 players they did not bring to Phoenix. 
most of them are guys nursing minor injuries. C.J. Goodwin, for instance, who's a lock as the uh, gunner and one of the special teams leaders. Uh, Randy Gregory didn't make the trip, but he's not injured. They just don't want him playing in this game. They want He's one of those guys. Uh, uh, of course, he didn't play last week. And some, some of those important players, they don't want him playing. Now, uh, right. they only sent 10 because the rest of the team is going home from here uh, after tonight. But there were these 10 that they didn't really feel any need to uh, – uh, to use. So I think that if we take Mike McCarthy at his word, Brian, the, uh, the uh, usage of players tonight is going to be more along the lines of what we saw last week than it will next week, which will give the the veterans and the regulars uh, more of an opportunity to play. So let's talk about some of these guys that we saw against Pittsburgh and that we expect to see um uh, more of, I think, tonight. So the, the color of your shirt, that is purple, is it not? That LSU is purple. purple. LSU, LSU purple, purple, even though it's got a Cowboys star. And so I'm going to start with a guy who is uh, becoming um, close to my pet cat, and that is uh, Jabril Cox, who okay. was a, one year at LSU. He was a very productive player after being uh, an exceptional player for four years at North Dakota State on some championship-winning teams at the uh, bowl subdivision level. Um, I, I had a chance to talk to him this week. Very engaging young man, very intelligent, uh, really understands what – and I said, you know, teams is where guys like you usually uh, have a chance. And he said, that's how I made the team at North Dakota State. And uh, he said, I played all four core teams all four years. So that's a, that's a positive to me. And the reason I want you to talk about Cox is – He's one of those guys that you, I thought that you were describing uh, earlier. Coaches didn't talk about him much. You didn't right. really necessarily notice him much in training camp. But I did say his name a couple times in the game. And that, to me, signified that this might be a guy uh, starting off on teams, if nothing else, that you, that you want to have on the field. What's your evaluation of Jabril Cox? Yeah, Brad, you've got to, as always, you've got that good eye for the type of player that needs to be evaluated and the thing with Jabril Cox is you and I sat there along the fence line and watched practice and we we're in our mind we were saying okay where is Jabril Cox on this field oh they're working on the first punt team right now well why is he wearing a red penny on his hat as a scout team guy shouldn't he be on the other side being one of the guys that's on the punt team oh hey wait we're doing kickoff return why is he running down with, again, the red penny on his head as a scout team guy. And so those are the kinds of things that you, it, it, it makes you pause a little bit. And then you watch the team practice, and he's not part of the normal rotation. Uh, I'm seeing Luke Gifford a lot more, and, and I'm going, where is Jabril Cox? And lo and behold, it took a game against the Steelers where Jabril Cox got on the field and showed you why that they drafted him the where they did, because he's a guy that has that ability when the lights come on to go make plays. Four tackles in the game. Uh, you know, Josh Dobbs is running to the sidelines on a fourth down. He's looking for someone to throw the ball to in the end zone. And you got Cox is keeping leverage on him, forcing him wide. And then that way it's an incomplete pass. And you go, oh, I see it now. And 
that's the way he played at LSU. He was a guy that was on the field quite a bit, and he was able to make plays and game-changing types of plays. So it was good to see him. Like you mentioned, we didn't really notice him the first week, maybe eight days, and then all of a sudden you started seeing him in practice, you saw him in the game, and then it all made sense to us. Let's stay on that side of the ball and uh, talk about some guys who you think uh, might figure to get a little less exposure next week. And so this is going to be a big step. By the way, there is a cut down coming on Tuesday. Five players are coming off the roster on Tuesday. So, uh, But let's stay on the defense and talk about some other guys that you think really need to uh, catch the attention of the, of the videotape. Yeah, Brad, I, you know, this is, uh, again, we talk about anxiety and where you are, whether you're on the bubble, off the bubble. You know, we've, you and I have broadcast a game, the last game we always like to call the scouts game, where, you know, we've seen players all of a sudden somehow, some way make it onto the roster because they're playing in these games. Well, you know, for this game coming up here, though, it's one of three that are left, but you have to look at a guy, say, uh, Bradley Anai is, you know, a player that has, uh, you know, he was, was a guy that when I watched him play at Utah at the Pac-12, he was uh, he was one of those guys that got after you as a rusher, the explosive up the field, attack the pocket, get to the quarterback type of player. But we haven't seen anything really much of Bradley Anai. He's been nicked up. Uh, it, you know, he hasn't practiced. He's now off the list, has the opportunity to go and play in this game. And, you know, he needs to find a way to show. And last week when we were talking before the Steelers game, we were saying, well, hey, well, how about Dorrance Armstrong? And, and, you know, how about Basham and backup guys? And we're saying, oh, do we feel comfortable with those guys? And then they went in the game, and then there was goose eggs across the board. And you're going, whoa, 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 what just happened? You know, is is this still open? Is there still competition? Well, this is where Bradley and I needs to step up. This is where he needs to go, and all the reps that he could get, anytime that he could attack uh, the pocket for the Cardinals or attack the pocket for the Texans, whatever, he's got to show these coaches because, let's be honest, Brad, he doesn't have sponsors here, and that's a lot of times if you're a – player that might be on the bubble, you better have a sponsor in the scouting staff or on the coaching staff that will fight for you in that room when it's your tag versus somebody else's tag. And right now, Bradley and I's tag is one of those that's tilted down, meaning that, hmm, you know, maybe he's one of those guys of the five you're talking about, or maybe he, he fights for another day to be on this football team, but he's clearly talented enough to be that type of guy. So he's a guy that I'm kind of keeping an eye on him again, Dorrance Armstrong, who are these backup defensive ends that are going to be on this team? We kind of have an idea with the Randy Gregory and tank Lawrence, but has the door swung open a little bit uh, from what we saw last week with Basham being a little nicked up and then Dorrance Armstrong as well. Well, I think from it's fairly evident, at least to me, from the things that Mike McCarthy was saying early in camp, that Basham, who's a veteran, is probably going to be on the team. Now, he's not going to play tonight because he turned an ankle last week, and that's one of those door-opening things for an eye, and for that matter, for a guy like Rondell Carter, who's a very active young man and 
they probably will both get some opportunities on teams. But with uh, with Basham not playing, and the one thing that Armstrong has going for him is they know, and if you listen to John Fossil, he plays special teams. He's I think Fossil right. considers Armstrong one of his core guys who plays on what Fossil calls the core four because he runs well for a big man and right. he's willing to do all of that. So that now Armstrong, to your point though, he's he really does have to step up and show something in the pass rush game, doesn't he? No, absolutely. And that's you know the core four is is a great uh, you know that's where the arguments when we all sit in that personnel room at the final cutdown and the special teams coach walks up on the board. And he he pulls those four guys across the board. You know, okay, now we're dealing with everybody else because special teams coaches will get their guys. They'll get you know. The, of course, you got to have the snapper, the hold, uh, the punter, the kicker. That's given. But the core four is one. Of, that's the group that, as a personnel guy, you know. Okay, coach has spoken here. I can't fight him on any of these other guys. Now I have to deal with the other side. And that's where that, that's where it gets a little dicey. When, and, and Bill Parcells used to tell us this all the time, Brad. When I take you to the game, how many plays are you going to give me in that game? I can't be carrying guys that are going to give me two plays on my, you know, my, my 45 man. I can't I can't carry a two or three play guy. If you're if I'm going to carry you, you've got to give me maybe 10, 15 plays, and then be able to, if something happens in the game, to play defense, you know, that's where Basham, Armstrong, those kinds of guys. I'll mention another guy to you, Brad, Reggie Robinson, the cornerback who's been moved from corner to safety to corner to, you know, he the, the kid really hasn't, you know, he hasn't really been able to stay in one spot and really grasp, but you know, we've seen him make plays. We've seen him on special teams knock the ball loose at times when he got opportunity. But is it a little too late? Three games left. Can he find a way? I think they're carrying seven corners. The seventh corner to me, C.J. Goodwin. That's one of the core four. So maybe he's he's listed as a corner, but could could you know could Robinson get into the six that really honestly play? that cornerback position, but he's, I mean, that's, that's, these games are now, it, it's, it's now or never for, for guys like him and, and Bradley and I who, who need that opportunity to see if they can stay on this team. So if you're, if you're a scout and you're sitting in the meeting next week and you were part of drafting Reggie Robinson, so you want to be, as you say, his sponsor, I love that word. Um, right. Are you, are you, more interested in uh, how he has looked in this game on defense or on sp- suppose he's just average and not terrible, didn't give anything up, but he made a couple of plays on teams. Does that help you sponsoring him? Yeah, Reggie Robinson's number one sponsor is Will McClay. And so, you know, that's the, that's the lead dog in the sled when it comes to you want guys like Will McClay fighting for you but there comes a point in time where Will McClay also has to step back and acknowledge that, hey, maybe, you know, maybe Maurice Canada is clearly a better player and has played better and deserves an opportunity. And, you know, I mean, those are the arguments that you have. Maurice Canada has made this football team. But I'm just saying 
when you start talking about the six, can he argue strong enough for Reggie Robinson just as a special teams player when Bones Fossil doesn't have him as a core four? That's the that's the problem that he's going to have to have. I'm glad you mentioned Canada, and then I want to talk about the offense. But I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm tipping my hand for you. I'm going to ask you to talk about this later during the game tonight. But as you said, Canada, while Jordan Lewis was kind of nicked up and not playing, and he seems to be back now, but Canada stepped into the slot and he looked like he he made a play a day, if not more. Okay, so I'm with you. He's on the team now. Here's my question. And, and they talked, we, we got an opportunity to talk to some of the other assistant coaches during the week. And Joe Witt, the secondary coach, was asked about Canada as an outside player. He said, yes, he's right. played outside, and he's even played outside here in this camp. Not while I was watching, but okay, I certainly believe him. And I haven't seen yeah. every drill. Uh, because, you know, as you know, just so fans understand, there's a lot going on on two fields. you got to pick what you're going to watch. Lot, yeah. you see everything. Right, um, right. Here's my question. We, uh, I'm going to stipulate first that Jordan Lewis is a guy who's around the ball. He's, he seems to have a knack for making things happen. He's, he's not an all-pro, but he's a solid guy, and he has made some plays. What, when, when, if at all, are we looking at Canada and evaluating him not against Jordan Lewis in the slot, but against Anthony Brown and maybe Joseph as the starting left corner. If the idea is, you know, the offensive lineman, and you talk about it all the time, get my five best guys on the field. Right. Well, if we're playing nickel or dime, don't I want my five or six best guys on the field? And might that mean Canada outside left and Lewis in a slot? What say you, sir? I tell you what, you make a very compelling argument. To, it was to the point where I guarantee you if you and I sat down before we had our training camp shows and said, pick the 53, just put a dot by the 53. Which dot, we have not done yet. Which we had not done yet. We would not have put a dot likely by Maurice Kennedy's name. Oh, no. Likely oh, no. not. No, there's no way. So what happens then now as we go along this journey you start to see a guy making a play a day. I remember the first time he got an interception, an overthrow. He caught it midfield, ran it in, and I was like, okay, good for him. And then the next day he had another one. And then two days later he had another one. And then, oh, wait, we're scrimmaging the Rams, and their you know, quarterback, their you know, start quarterback rolls you know, one way, Stafford rolls to his side. Oh, wait, he kind of sinks back in, gets an interception. Okay, now I'm starting to think this kid has got a feel. You go back, you check what he was able to do when he was in Baltimore. I, I personally love what the Ravens do as far as getting personnel. Love Ozzie Newsome, have always loved Ozzie Newsome. You know, love what they do as far as getting players on their roster. There's a guy that played defense. You go back and look at him play. When he played against the Steelers, ten tackles. Played against or excuse me, against the Steelers, he had eight tackles. Gets the Bengals, he had 10 tackles, made three starts. You're like going, oh, whoa, wait a minute. This is just not a guy that we've added to the roster here. This is a guy that's been a legitimate NFL player. So, yeah, we, we've had the discussion, Brad, on our show on 105.3, myself and Jeff Cavanaugh, has it to the point where Canada has played well enough that maybe you would start him over Jordan Lewis in the slot. You know, I mean, that it's gone from – Hey, who is this guy to, whoa, 
maybe he is a starting slot player. Or can you kick him to the outside? Me, personally, I keep him in the slot. I've seen the best work of his play in the slot. He has a feel for how to carry routes all over. And that slot player, that's what you have to have. If you're an outside player, you could use the sideline as a helper. But slot players can carry routes all over the field. And that's what Maurice Kennedy has shown. He's had that ability to do so. So, yes, I would say let's look at that slot. But if all of a sudden he continues to make plays and he's one of my best, he's one of my best four, five, or six, he needs to be on the field every time that we're playing defense. Right. So that, I mean, that's, that's when you start saying it's not, okay, Kennedy's playing. Now the question yeah. is, is Jordan Lewis a better slot than Anthony Brown or Joseph is right. an outside corner? Because right. Kennedy is playing somewhere. And that's right. – I, I, I will know – I think we'll know after tonight. If they use Kennedy only in the slot, then they're probably not thinking about him as an outside player except in an emergency. If he plays some outside tonight yeah. – then I think we might have something to watch for the next two weeks. Okay, let's turn it over yeah. to offense. What uh, what are you what are you interested in seeing? Who has to step up and make a showing tonight? Brad, I I, I don't know about you, but this offensive tackle group has got to play better. They've got to find backup guys, and we've seen. And and I'll tell you why this is so important to me because we've seen the health of Tyron Smith. Everybody, fingers crossed for Tyron Smith that he could get through the entire season. But history has told us that Tyron Smith is going to miss games. And I, I, I need to feel comfortable who is taking his spot. Now, maybe it's just kick Zach Martin to the outside, you know, put Conor McGregor in there at guard, and let's just go to battle. It'll be fine. Maybe that's what they'll do. But you know what? I, I need to see Insiki have better reps, better snaps. I, I need to see uh, uh, Terrence Steele, even though he played all those games. And, you know, Mike McCarthy keeps telling me that he physically has changed and all that. I need to see improvement out of that group, you know. And I, I know there were some times where it wasn't all their fault against the Steelers and they got a little bit better protection against the Rams. But I'm keeping an eye on those backup offensive tackles because I really want to know. I go, are these the one or two guys that they're going to select? Are they going to be capable if something were to happen with Tyron Smith or Lyle Collins? And, you know, hopefully that doesn't – that's not the case at all. I'm really interested in what's going on at wide receiver with uh, with Simi and then also with Malik Turner out there. And I – there's a side of me that says that they might – protect the draft with Fajoko and, you know, him be the sixth guy, even though Malik Turner has clearly outplayed him, you know, and that those kinds of things, that's a little tough when you're in the personnel business and you know that there's a player out there that you've had in camp that's done everything that you've asked him to do and we're going to carry six, but we have so much faith in the development of, the, of our rookie that we're going to let this we're going to let this veteran player go, and but I mean Turner Turner can make it really really hard. He can make it really hard on you know Will McClay, these coaches, these front office guys to to have to make a decision, tackle, wide receiver, and now you've got a nicked up guys at tight end. 
you know, Sean McKeon continues to show me that he's a guy that, you know, if they, they're going to keep three likely, and, you know, he's going to get a lot of work tonight in this game, I bet. And so, I, I you know, that, that second quarter, that second half, like you always like to tell us, keep an eye who's on the field, keep an eye who's getting the most reps, because that's who the coaches are trying to figure out if, in fact, that these guys are worried enough to make your 53, but also if something happens to one of the starters that they could, that they could plug in and play these guys. And so this guy doesn't come under the category of a young guy, but Jeremy Sprinkle is a guy who I think bears watching because um, Mike McCarthy seemed really disappointed this week talking about the neck injury that uh, Sewo Olonalua suffered against the Steelers because it looked like McCarthy was really starting to get sold. I mean, I thought the kid from TCU had a good game. And he right. I mean, it sounded like McCarthy was starting to really be sold on him as the fullback, and he's a decent special teams player. Well, I don't know what Sprinkle, who's a five-year veteran, does on teams, but if they're not going to have a fullback, now we don't know what will be on the waiver wire and who they'll go get, right. but um, if Dalton Schultz doesn't play tonight, he twisted an ankle a little bit, not serious, they may not risk it. You talk about McHugh, it, may, it might be – it might be McEwen and Sprinkles as the as the top two tight yeah. ends, and right. and then right. Sprinkles been a good blocker uh, at Washington, but so right. this is an opportunity for him to remind them that he has some value, is it not? Yes, sir, it is. And you know, and the thing that we've talked about before with McCarthy is that point of attack surface blockers, you know, and. The Cowboys have had some moments, you know, where it hasn't looked really great against, you know, their ones first ones out there. Uh, you know, when you watch in the games, that you know, the backs were having to bounce some stuff and things. But, yeah, this is, is this the type of stuff for Sprinkle that, you know, can he convince them to keep a four tight end? We know the history of Mike McCarthy is you go back and watch his old Packer teams. You know, it's, he's always had a fullback. Uh, Kuhn was a guy that they had. I mean, a good special teams player. And the thing with Siwu is when he went in there and uh, against Pittsburgh the other day, and he was digging guys out. And that's what you got to have. You got to have, if you're going to play with a fullback, you've got to hammer that thing. You got to dig, flip the hips, and then remove guys. And he had a couple of snaps where he was able to do that. And I was pretty impressed. I'm thinking, okay, I get it. This guy plays some teams for you. But now he's out because of the neck. He's not going to play at all in the preseason. This might change the plans with Mike McCarthy and them. Instead of carrying that fullback, do you carry the extra tight end? Or you say, well, we're just not going to have a fullback right now, and we're going to use that spot for uh, an extra defensive lineman, an extra linebacker, or maybe even, uh, maybe even that tight end like we were talking about. You know, I haven't even uh, asked you if you if you even have a pet cat this year. You know, it's funny. I I want it. It's so sad because I here I was cheerleading. I know on our show for Bradley and I before we went to camp. I wanted them to play Bradley and I. I really did, and I was I was excited for him. I was thinking, okay, here it is. He's going to get a chance to compete. He had a year in the weight room. We didn't have the COVID problems. You know, all this stuff was going positively for him. And then he gets hurt. And I'm like, 
I, I can't do anything about that. But that was the guy I know going in that I was really, really excited about that he was going to be able to maybe do some good things. I'll tell you another one. I was pushing, too, for, uh, for Connor McGovern to win the left guard job. I will say this. I threw a lot of dirt on Connor Williams. Connor Williams has been outstanding, whether he's played guard. And I'm not just talking about going against Aaron Donald. I'm talking about playing guard, playing center. He's had some really good practices. He's had a good scrimmage. He had a good game the other night uh, against the Steelers. I'm looking forward tonight to see how he fits in again and what he's able to do. But he's done a nice job of, of keeping uh, – and Connor McGovern has done a nice job, but not enough to take the job away from Connor Williams right now. Is McGovern a better left guard than Biotish is a center? That's the question. That, that, that to me, I – I want to believe. I want to believe that Connor Williams playing center could be just as good of an athlete. And again, this goes back, Brad. When and I was on a show the other day, and they were asking me about you know him playing center, Connor Williams playing center. And I said, when when this team was winning Super Bowls, it had huge tackles and guards, and they had a really undersized light center. And Mark Stepnowski that just used to cut the defense in half. When you were, when the ball was going to the edge, he was on the linebacker. He was on the front side defensive tackle. He was just such a good athlete. And Connor Williams, I think, could be the same way. He, I think he could play where you have power with Connor McGovern at left guard, power with Tyron Smith over there, and then really kind of an athletic Connor Williams playing center and then making those uh, those cutoff blocks and stuff like that. But it's, you know, I, I was glad to see that they tried it. I hope they do it some more in the game. I, I really like to see it, but I, I don't know if they will, will do it as well. Oh, I will. I, I don't have any inside information, but I'll go out on a limb and say I'll be very surprised if he doesn't play center tonight because whether, yeah. they're, whether they're on board with your program or not, I think it's fairly evident that they would like him to be the backup center even if Tyler right. Bialish is the center, because it saves right. a spot. And and it right. gives you a spot that you can pick up another player somewhere else. So we saw the two little adventurous shotgun snaps from Connor Williams last week, and that's part of the yeah. deal. But so he, I, that's why I think they want to see more to see if he's able to get that under control. I'll be surprised if we don't see him by about the third series playing center. Okay, if we could wrap this up, I want to ask you a question. When we uh -oh. wrap this thing up. Uh-oh. I want to ask you, Stephen Jones was on 105.3 The Fan, the flagship station, talking about there were 65 players on this roster when he was talking about cut down. I know personally, I'm not trying to lead the witness here, I think I, I think I starred 49 is what I did with the others potentially, you know, here and there. Is is Steven selling us? Is he putting chum in the water for <laughs> something else? Or do are there really 65 players in Brad Sham's eyes that he's that he's talking about? I, I will tell you, I will answer it this way. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, crawfish on you a little bit, which around you is dangerous because <laughs> I've seen what you do with crawfish. Um, uh, because I spent five days in camp, even though there were only, right. there, I really only missed one practice. Um, right. I have, believe it or not, I haven't really cut it to 53 yet. 
And my gut reaction, my gut answer to your question is, if, if you think there's 65 guys out here who can make your team, that might not be good news because you might not, <laughs> you, you might not think enough of that, that last group of guys. But uh, after we do this game tonight, uh, I will look at it, and when we come back on Monday, then we can have a little bit of that conversation. So that's Brian Broaddus. I'm Brad Sham. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Folks, that is a professional broadcaster right there. That is a professional broadcaster. <laughs> Waffling, backpedaling, but you know it's not my style. It's not my not style. To not, not at all. Not a- so I, I will, uh, I'll be prepared to answer a question for you on uh, Monday. Uh, w- we hope that some of you will get a chance to hear Brian Broaddus and me tonight uh, from um, State Farm Stadium, where the Arizona Cardinals play football, and tonight they'll play it against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Brian and I will be back on Monday on Dallas Cowboys Training Camp Live.